Welcome to Plato's Gravity. I'm Aaron. And it is uh, seemingly odd that we're on location today. We have the people that we're talking to in front of us today, and Aaron has yet to actually introduce me to them. So <laughs> I'm just sitting here. They have no idea who I am. You shop here, right? Uh, I do, yeah. But, uh, I mean, you've been here a lot more often than I have over the past couple of years. Because I'm the one that does the preparation? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you, first of all, tell us your name. I'm Jason. It's just Jason. We are Jason. we are nice joined uh, <laughs> by the store manager or store wizard, uh, Jenny from Great Fermentations. Hello. Uh, and Brian, the president and owner of Great Fermentations, hello, uh, hello. which is a wonderful homebrew shop in uh, central Indiana. Uh, you might have heard us talk about it a few weeks ago when we had John Blickman on the show. Oh, yeah. Like, we've only talked about this place one time. <laughs> I mean... John's good friends of ours. John, John, yeah. John, John was good on the show. You mean the guy whose golf team shirt you're wearing right now? Yes. 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 <laughs> I just got back from Homebrew Con last week, and I helped John out at his booth. Oh, oh very yeah. nice. I bet nice. it was a pretty fun booth. Oh, my gosh. They're Lots of fun. Shiny. Did you get to play with the Foundry all weekend? Um, or did, or I got to that, show it, it off. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're actually they have the booths right by each other, so oh, okay. I kind of went back and forth between each one. Very nice. Yeah. So we start every show with a beer, and uh, today we're brewing a beer that uh, you can buy a kit for here. At Great fermentation. That's it right. Is, uh, I, I asked you right before the show started what the name of it was, and I promptly forgot. It's a raspberry <laughs> saison. Raspberry hibiscus. Uh, ra- saison. Raspberry hibiscus saison. Yes. Uh, so what are we drinking? High raz. High raz. Fantastic. So why why do we pick high raz for the show? Uh, it's actually one of our newest um, limited edition release recipes, our Brews Reserve recipes. Um, so it's been super popular. I mean, when we released this kit, it, we couldn't keep up putting these recipes together. So how limited is it? Uh, usually two months. Two months? But maybe if it's, it's been longer than popular, two months, we've just we forgotten to take it down. Well, yeah. it's been moving. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. So, what does Brewer's Reserve mean? How, how, does, a, how does a recipe at Great Fermentations get tagged? See the word brewer. Well, so a couple of years ago, we realized. You know, we're trying to compete in the online space, and a lot of people, we a lot of us sell a lot of the same things. So right. the way we kind of saw ourselves as differentiating ourselves from other people, even locally too, is the beer kits we come out with. Because it takes, you know, investment by us and the time we put into um, creating the recipe, the time to actually brew it and test it. So we came up with this line, I think it was like four years ago, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, we're going to come out with a limited release beer every two or three months and the biggest thing was it was going to have some, like, wacky ingredient. It okay. wasn't going to be anything, you know, like normal. So this one was hibiscus. It's not something you normally find in a beer. So it's normally something that's really unique uh, unique to us, and it also has a really wacky ingredient. Well, I know this is called high raz, but it could have been called quaffable. There we go. <laughs> because it, there is, go. it, it is, is very, yeah. very good. I'm not – Did you say it was very good? It, I did oh, not say very it was delicious. very delicious. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually not one for, for fruit beer or saisons, but I feel like this thing is it, it's, yeah. it's super mm-hmm. crushable. The raspberry doesn't hit you in the in the face. So it's not like overly sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's named then, after the uh, the main antagonist in uh, Beauty and the Beast. We can go with that. Saison. Yeah. Saison. No uh, one uh, fights like Saison. Is that not? <laughs> it's Gaston. Gaston. Oh, it's I'm so sorry. Close. Close. Was that on purpose? Did of you course know? it was on purpose. You didn't know it? Of course I know. You know it's Gaston, right? <laughs> I had to think about it. I was like, was it really Saison? <laughs> it, no, it's not. No it's one, been a while yes, since I, I've seen No, but it's not, not a Saison either. You know, like it has that, like, mm-hmm. you, you could tell that you used a Saison yeast with it. Right. Or that there's a Saison yeast in the kit. So what's cool about this bubble. is it uses um, Omega Yeast Saison Stein Monster, which is a really unique Saison yeast. They took, um, what was it, the Belgian yeast? And the French saison yeast, mm-hmm. and they kind of combine the best of both worlds on that, and so that's what this one uses. 
So, so I think it's an interesting question and to ask, like, when you have you Omega's kind of new on the scene, mm-hmm. and they have uh, they have a fun form factor. They have quick starts. They have things like that. Have you seen like them kind of like take a big step into your yeast business, or or is there a pretty good balance between the three major players? Um. You can go first. I I think it's noticeable. I think uh, we're getting a lot more requests for it. Um, There are specific strains that we sell through more than others that people are looking for. Um, They're just, they're unique. They, the the point that they have a yeast that can ferment anywhere from 65 to 90 degrees and not produce esters and just have a straightforward clean profile is crazy for yeast. Right. And so I think that has created a lot of interest and draw. So I think we are starting to move it a lot more and we've had a lot more requests for it because people are excited for something different and unique. But in, in terms of like overall sales, is it is it still does it still behind uh, Y yeast and Y yeast? Y yeast probably is still the dominant one. Yeah. I hate smacking the pack. I don't it's understand. It's familiar. Y-yeast. You don't so have people. to do that. It's, no. it's not necessary. You can no. cut it, right? It's, it's, no, you. They they you say you can it. even pitch it without smacking it. But how oh. how is it going to know that you love it? That's a very. <laughs> you don't assault it first. <laughs> <laughs> Smack your yeast. Show it you love it. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just um, I feel yeah. like anyway. Smack your yeast. Show that you love it is a statement that that is really I'm grateful that I'm not a good yeah. editor. I think that was probably in the, the branding <laughs> meeting they had, and they decided not to do it. That's right. More of a more of a dry yeast man myself. Yeah, I think that go. gets that gets cut on the that lives on the on the cutting room floor. <laughs> no, but white yeast is still kind of number one, and I think. Uh, Gosh, I would say imperial yeast is kind of catching up. And then, oh, yeah. And Omega's kind of... And what's really... What I like about Omega is, you know, a lot of the... Especially hops and yeast in this entire country are driven from the West Coast. Right. So why yeast is out in the West Coast, White Labs West Coast, um, Imperial's on the West Coast. The majority of your hops are coming from the Yakima Valley on the West Coast. And Omega is finally something that's from the right, West. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of cool to see something this unique and this popular coming from the Midwest. And what's also cool is that it's usually going to be fresher because they're right. making it, packaging it, shipping to us. Um, so, yeah, I think all those things uh, together are going to make it a pretty popular choice going forward. So I'm going to ask the most boring question of the show. Can you talk about the challenges well, of Virgo, keeping... 610, wait, 510, 610, keep, Jesus. What? Keeping what's fresh ingredients as a homebrew shop? Um, it can be a challenge. Um. So the one that's the most important to move through is liquid yeast. Right. That's the one that has the shortest shelf life. Um, we do a good job of staggering our ordering week by week. And what's really nice about all the liquid yeast is they all have some type of comparable strain, except maybe the um, Kvike strains. Yeah, that's that's really unique. There, but, like, you know, 1056, you got WLPO one from uh, White Labs. You know, you got... Flagship. Flagship from, from Imperial. It's not a yeast test. <laughs> yeah. But Just so have it. <laughs> we, we only order once a week. And so what we do is we make sure we run down in right. that certain strain. And if we run out of it, we always have some type of comparable strain. Um, and we're also doing yeast counts probably monthly just to make sure. Um, right. But everything else, hops, we move through pretty quickly. Um, you know, everything's vacuum packaged and nitrogen. Um, and grain store for a really long time if you sure. keep them dry in some type of airtight c- container. So I think um, maybe 
10 years ago when we were a bit smaller, it right. was probably harder. But now where we are now, we're able to move through a decent amount. It doesn't uh, affect us as much. So you talk about the challenges of keeping that, that liquid yeast nice and fresh. Mm-hmm. If, you, uh, if you ever visit Great Fermentations in Indianapolis and you walk around, um, uh, you'll see carboys aplenty uh, either in their classrooms or uh, bathrooms. Or, or, or bathrooms. <laughs> um, so uh, it's everywhere. true. How many, <laughs> I have to admit it. It's true. Yeah. How, many, how many of the bathroom beers are uh, the ye- this yeast is about to expire, and how many of them are for other reasons? Oh, um, probably like the bathroom. We beers ve- are we very rarely. Sours. Actually, I can't even remember a time we've made a decision about what we want to brew based on, based on the yeast. No. It's always okay. what do we have coming up? What do we want to have on tap? And it's never really driven by um, actually. Probably the only guy that uses the expired yeast is Brandon. Yeah. When he he brews yeah. he brews some like shift beers for everybody. Yeah. Okay. So the shift beers are the expired yeast. That's fair. Right. And, you know, so you can build it up. You know, do yeast starter. And one important thing to remember is the the expiration date just really references the viability of the yeast cells. So if you get something that's let's why yeast is every six months. Sure. If you get something that's like seven months, it's probably still okay if you do some type of small starter with it right. to prop it back up. So. It's not like it goes bad. It makes your beer taste sour or right. funky. It's just the viability of the cells decreases with every month. You no right. longer have a hundred billion cells. Yeah, you have exactly. Like so, you know, fifty or something. Right. So. Yeah, I think the I would the last time the last beer I made, I just bought I just bought two packs because it was a lager, and I was mm-hmm. like, let's just I don't want to make a starter. Let's do this. There you go. There you go. Time is money. Time is absolutely money. Mm-hmm. Making a starter takes. But now time. we have those proper starters now. Yeah, the actually really quickly. Yeah, with so those that like canned wort. Mm-hmm. Oh. I almost that's like, another I'm Omega, almost there. Omega innovation. It is right Omega? Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. that's that's fantastic. You can it feels it feels wrong that you can just sell because it's going to be beer like eventually, it is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just, it's man. crazy. And it's in a can and everything. Yeah, I know. It's, it's got a good shelf life too. Like they, a year. They're a year long shelf life. Yeah. So they they go through it. It's a pretty. I mean, the manufacturing process behind that to make sure they're shelf stable is crazy, and the amount of money they had to spend to get that. So they they put a lot of time and money into developing that product. So I have a fan service question. So you guys keep two beers on tap. Uh, you have a fridge. You have yeah. a really nice old fridge uh, in the, uh, in the corner. That fridge has been running since my parents started this business over 25 years ago. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's uh yeah it's uh it used to be red. I'll be sad when it dies. That fridge yeah. is like don't it's, say that. Yeah. <laughs> There's no wood. This no is not wood. This We're table. screwed. If it dies, I don't believe in that mess. So if it dies tomorrow, it is it not totally your fault. fault. <laughs> so uh but but. Curious thing that I could have asked the people at the front. Uh-huh. How long does a beer last in there? It depends. Yeah, it really depends sure. what it is. Yeah. I feel like something like the high raz, it'll be gone in a couple days. We went through it really yeah. quick. And then we'll put yeah. like an ESB up there that just stays up there forever. Oh, cool. It's yeah. all about trends. Well, people yeah. don't want to drink the ESBs because it's so special. They're so good beers. <laughs> it's extra special. Yeah, it's extra special. It's so good, ESBs, yeah. milds, I love those beers. They're just yeah. kind of underappreciated now. Yeah, I usually, when I want an ESB, I go to the Broadwell Brew Pub. Amen. My fix. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's but it, I think it's certainly underappreciated and it's certainly not not hoppy. I think it's really fun that it's called an extra special bitter. I know, and right? People expect it to be this hop bomb. And exactly. It's like, no, 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 it's not. It's not the style's been around reason. for well, yeah. hundreds of years or whatever. It's bitterness, bitterness from the malt. <laughs> it's a, it's a different, uh, it's a different thing. Hey, I, so, question. It's so I, I, I'm pretty sure that rewind ten years ago, one of the first beers I made would have been an extract kit from here. Okay. So who actually goes, who actually makes the recipes that you guys sell in those kits? That's a great question. Because, so like, in a way, we have this term, brewbassador, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a brewbassador, a guy who brought me 
or gal. Your, oh, well, yeah, in your, case, if you're in case, oh, someone that got you into yeah. to be. Yeah, here. we okay. like to make mashup words. So I like that. Later yeah. on, the things we talk about are going to be in the shots, <laughs> the show notes. So he brings me here to this very store that we're in today, okay. and we pick up a. Kit. We probably didn't have this look, this spot ten years ago. Well, not this, the uh, not the, the annex, oh, not the classroom, not the the classroom. but no. it was uh, right next door. Yeah, um, we pick up a kit, and yeah, so that was my intro to brewing. So I've always been curious, who is it? These are like yeah, yeah. someone here actually makes those. So what we do is, and it's, I'm going to make it sound really official, but it's more like. Hey, Brian, we need to come up with a new beer kit. Oh, yeah, you're right, we do. Um, usually it's like my, myself, um, Wes, and Brandon. Yeah. We'll get together and we'll kind of review, like, you know, a lot of things we look at are things that you guys are consuming, like, um, like Zymergy comes out with their top sure. 50 beer list. Where, but the problem, problem with that list, it hasn't really changed much in the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years. So, Is um, an ESP somewhere on there? No, no, I don't think not so. Not the top ten. Yeah. So I think we have a beer. I think we have a beer for all the top tens. But we go there. Um, we also like to see like what's. I hate saying this, but what's trendy right. at the moment? Yeah. I mean, you gotta sell. Um, you gotta sell stuff, right? And and we're just kind of looking at Instagram, Facebook, uh, you know, the beer blogs, and just finding something we think is going to uh, a fit well with our customers and be something we can brew. Cause there's some like shandies are kind of hard to brew and package. Right. Um, and then also a beer that can be packaged both as an all grain and an extract, and, an extract and can be bottled and or kegged. So those right. are kind of the things we look at. Cause we want to make sure we cover everybody. Um, and so we'll, f- we'll figure out what the beer is. And then depending on who's got time, Wes or Brandon will take on the uh, job of coming up with the ingredients. Do you guys have like a scorecard? Like, uh, Whose recipe sells the fastest scorecard? <sighs> Not that we keep. No, <laughs> oh. it's pretty equal, honestly. <laughs> oh, that would create we, so we much animosity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just some fun, friendly workplace oh, competition. Yeah. Uh, no, we don't do that. No, I, I think that's a funny idea, but we don't do that. Um, but uh, you know, I, I would say I would say West does better with the more traditional styles. West loves English style beers. Sure. His Magical Mild is one of the best beers I think we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and Across the Pond ESB is another great one. Brandon seems to do really well with like the more experimental fruit, you know, hibiscus flowers. That's just his double IPAs. Double IPAs. Yeah. So they, they both have their their uh, realms or strengths they work better in. So I think I'll I'll divvy up the the job based on that, but. It's usually Wes and Brandon that are coming up with those. And then uh, for folks who come in, like, they, they make their own recipes and they don't necessarily go with one of your kits. Yep. Uh, how does that, um, like, uh, do you guys notice trends kind of before or after they happen in the craft brew world? I th- yeah, yes and no. Like, I think we're sometimes at the leading edge of it. Like, we, sure. we, we get, like, the bleeding edge stuff that people are coming in like that, how long ago did you have to start carrying that alpha amylase or the the whatever the we came out we roots? started carrying that like right away when it came out mm-hmm. i feel like so but I, th- I think some of it's reactive for sure just trying to see what people are making and what they're asking about and that's the best way to tell what's going to work and what's not going to work so right well, and typically it's, you know, what is the stuff that people are trying to collect commercially, you know, that you mm-hmm. can't get here. Like everybody for the longest time wanted Julius from Treehouse, you know. Right. You can't get that here. And then you had the big boom of East Coast IPAs. And so that has been like 
that trend has definitely lasted longer than I expected. Yeah, a lot longer. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I just went to, I was just on the East Coast, and it's still there. Yeah, it's still it is. It's, it's definitely a thing. But I feel like we could definitely see that, and we could definitely see the leading edge of milkshake IPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot of times what commercial breweries are putting out and people want to duplicate, and then we start seeing that trend come in. So um, you guys get to drink people's beer a lot, which is a kind, mm-hmm. a, a kind of fun bonus. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see your the quality of beer that you get to drink uh, go down when a when a difficult style is trending, or do you, or do your or do the, the local Indiana homebrewers ring the bell? I don't feel like there l- currently there's a difficult style. I think if anything, it lends itself to an easier style. Yeah. You know, if loggers were trending, probably. probably yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, East Coast IPAs. I mean, you can get away with a lot with East Coast IPAs. There's a lot of room for yeah. error. And these yeah. milkshake and these fruited yeah. beers, it, because there's so much in it. They cover. You can get. You can cover a lot of flaws in those beers. Yeah, so, absolutely. So let's let's switch. So what do you? Uh, so if you guys got to brew, like like if you were brewing, like how, do you guys brew outside of like you brew lots of beer for work? You have, you you're brewing shift beers. I don't know if you brew like brew, like what do you brew for yourself? I like Belgians personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm uh, actually right along with her. Yeah. I love Belgian beers. I like yeah. Belgians. I I also like a lot more of your traditional styles. I guess you know I I don't usually make anything too extreme or funky or trendy. I like to stick to traditional stuff. I love Kolsch's. Um, I just had a cream ale with Sugar Creek's new uh, white corn. Oh, nice. So, it's kind yeah. of fun to use Indiana malt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I definitely tend to stri- stick to a little bit more traditional style, I think, just probably because we get so much funky stuff here as it is. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't need more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right along with her. I love Belgian beers, so that's typically what I'm brewing is. I think the last one I did was a Belgian blonde for my wife, and it was um, – it was actually our Belgian blonde beer mm-hmm. kit I did. So, yeah. yeah. Is it? Did you guys brew before working here, or um, is it because you're here and surrounded by it all the time that you end up doing it? Well, so for me, um, I kind of grew up like around brewing beer because my parents started the business because like, okay. they both loved it. Yeah. Um, but I personally didn't start brewing beer until about I'd say like two years before I moved back here to, to okay. start working here. So. Okay. I think the majority of people who work here have brewed before, at least yeah. in the full the full time yeah. people. So absolutely, yeah. I I was brewing a couple of years before I started working here, so I was brewing about twelve years ago and started working here about ten years ago. Okay, and just was interested when I saw they were hiring part time. I was like, hey, that's totally different from my everyday job of being. <laughs> A lab technician drawing blood and doing super lame, boring things, and it's like, oh, this now, sounds kind of way lot. more interesting. And now you're the store wizard. That's there fantastic. It's a different kind of wizard. Well, a lot of times we like to ask people on the show like what their first setup was like because I think it's kind of fun to hear like how people got started. Mm-hmm. And so I think this will be interesting because I, your first setup could be anything. I have no guess. And then your first setup, I mean, I'm sure. You're, did your parents hook you up? No. no um, <laughs> <laughs> well, when no. I first started brewing, I was in Colorado. So oh, so they. It was just a... Shipping costs were too much. You can't... Yeah. Um, there, there's actually a great little homebrew shop out there in Colorado that I went to. Um, it was literally... Sorry. It was literally a, um, a propane burner with a kettle and doing extract beer. Nice. That's all oh, yeah. it was. Yeah. And then um, I started doing it in the wintertime in Colorado. So we got a whole bunch of snow. And I learned a valuable lesson is that if you try to cool your beer with with uh, snow surrounding the kettle, mm-hmm. yeah. it actually acts as an insulator eventually. Oh, right. You, yeah. don't, you don't get so anything. So after that, after that, I bought an immersion chiller. So yeah. that, that was my basic setup right there, just what m- the majority of home uh, starters have, 
I've started with. Sweet. Yeah, I didn't even have a burner. I just did stove. extract brewing on my stovetop. Oh. <laughs> it the, was super simplistic. And <laughs> Jason and I's first beer together uh, never got bottled, but uh, <laughs> in fact, I think when we we took a hiatus from brewing, and then when it was we, that bad of an experience. <laughs> no, it's just I love the process Boil of over. sitting around. We didn't making. Uh, I, I love the process of making beer up until it comes time to bottle the beer. You know <laughs> what? You yeah. you and. Uh, the majority of, of our customers, first. for sure. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, we don't bottle. I anymore. took I took charge. Well, we might actually start bottling again because I might want to yes, use. Aaron the, might start bottling again. Yeah, I might want to <laughs> use the. I only have one freezer. Get and the beer gun. Yeah, so so actually, let's talk about the beer gun. Okay. Uh, so You've used it a lot. It's like your you? favorite subject. Yeah. It's my favorite subject, right? Wait, I didn't bring it up. Beer that's, gun. That's fair. Did, yeah, I, yeah, did yeah. I just step into something? No. Oh, so okay. just it's a it's a trend. If you were to see the trending. So John Blickman said straight about the beer gun. All right, so okay. I'll have you weigh in. So, so I brought, because I, I read a lot and then I'm influenced by the people of the interwebs, even if they're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I bought a counter-pressure bottle filler. Oh, one of those ones you have to use two hands and... Actually, this was a one-handed model. It had, it okay. had, it had a three-way valve on top, so yeah, you yeah. can do it... You, I mean, those. you can do it with two hands, but one hand on the bottle and one hand on the, on, yeah. on the, on the filler. Um, it was a bad purchase decision because I bought it, and it was, it was 60 bucks, which is, you know, cheaper. It was a good price point. Uh, but when we got it, the valve was broke. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, you know, I got it from, you know, China. So, yeah. it's great. You, I've, I've seen not, those. You're not returning it. Yeah. So, and I, actually, it's fine. There's a little, there's a, you know, the rubber bung that keeps the air in. I, I just use that as my valve. So, I, pre- I you know, I, it's, uh, uh, it, it works. I, I, I bottle effectively carbonated oh. beer with it. Um, and usually there's some beer in my face right. uh, at some point during it because I get too much pressure in the bottle. And it's entertaining to, to watch. I'm sure. Oh, you um, just sit there and watch. He caps on foam. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Oh, yeah. yeah, he yeah, caps on capping. foam. Um, it's working really well for you, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, you know, it, it, I, would say, I would say my beer waste with it is like 3%, 3 to 5%. The first time we did it, I, w- I lost half. I lost yeah, half the, the fucking home, beer. At the homebrew level, that's <laughs> fine. I, lo- I lost half the fucking beer the first time. <laughs> Commercially, but you'd be screwed. I, 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 I'm pretty impressed with, but but it's it's really a testament to my dedication to process and not to that product. It's right. a it's a shit product. So, but one of the reasons I didn't get the uh, you turn me way up. Yeah, one of the reasons going the wrong way. <laughs> We're getting excited. One of the one of the reasons I didn't get the the this beer gun is, is is because I had some friends told me, hey, you're gonna lose. Oh, you're the gonna tip. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna lose you're gonna get oxygen in there. Oh. Oh well, no. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, okay. I was wrong. I was. I, look, I, How look, is it any different I, than I, the one you have? It's, uh, the sa- it's the same. It functions the same way. Yeah, it's it, it was incorrect. And the uh, the other bit was that you're gonna lose you're gonna lose carbonation because and, and so but the people who who were explaining to me say oh when I I turn my pressure up to like 15 psi mm. so that I don't lose pressure in the thing, but the beer gun's designed. To, to actually go lower, so yeah. and you you push it so slow that you don't lose any pressure at all, right. even though you're on, you're exactly. on like ten feet hose. So There's no foaming, yeah, yeah. So my favorite, so, I mean, we've covered this like four times in the last five episodes. <laughs> Beer guns, awesome, and I need to buy Amen. one. Minimum, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Sorry for the side the sidetrack. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's a good Blickman plug. There it's was right. like yeah. a there was a question that you had somewhere in there. I mean, I was I was going to ask a question. Why, the question was, why am I making mistakes in life? Is that what what it was? Well, I mean, it was. It's a fine. It's a little broad. It's, it's a fine. It's a fine product. It is a very broad question. <laughs> um, yeah. So, how, how long did it take you to go from stovetop to to uh, to your next setup? Um, well, I probably was doing that for a couple of years, and I was doing extract for about two years, and then when I had started working here, I pretty much went. 
into all grain and at the point of going to all grain I scaled up my system to a 10 gallon system uh, just because it takes pretty much the same amount of time so why not right. uh, and at that point I moved to getting a, a good burner and just you know mash ton and just going out and and even then I like I didn't do anything fancy like a you know three-tiered system or you know all stainless I still have you know your traditional cooler mash ton and sweet kettle and, and it works for me yeah so, it's a good beer yeah people doing it for all the time yeah yeah, I think it's all right. I think I got the cooler mash tun like I don't know, a year after, like 2000. Oh God, the years blend together now. Like 2013, 2014, and then you know ever since like the last like five years, four or five years, we've seen a lot of these like turnkey systems come right. on the market, and it's been really nice. So I just I kind of bounce back and forth using between those. between those guys. Yeah, yeah so like I use the Brew Easy. Um, I've done some brewing a bag uh, with the Blickman kettles. Uh, now I got the Foundry, so Greenfather. So it's just kind of yeah, John, using, John using Blickman. He still brews with the, with the brew easy. Yeah, he yeah. He, he never thought he would, and he's yeah. like, "Well, it's all he brews with." Yeah. Bone. So yeah. I just kind of bounce around like the, the setup of the day, I guess you can say. So, and I like to brew here because it, it keeps the mess here. I don't like, <laughs> right? You know right. what I mean? You don't have industrial sinks. At, you don't have three base sinks at home. I don't. Oh, I don't. <laughs> Do you have exhaust? Do you, I mean, is there exhaust back here? Or do you guys not just, yet, yeah. not yet. Uh, I haven't convinced my wife to let me do that yet. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you and me both. Yeah, right. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been a, every time I've been over to Aaron's house lately. It's it keeps coming up. Can we brew? Maybe when Kelly's gone, I can. Yeah, brew I want to use the foundry inside. Uh, oh, you don't use it inside? No, because well, I'm not in permitted the garage. to use it. In, and we put it in the garage. She doesn't like the smell. It uh, smells oh, the house like up smell. real pretty. Oh, I think the mash smells amazing. I used to hate it when I was a kid. Oh, like, it was like the smell of your childhood. Hate it. Oh, yeah. my. It, it was. This, yeah. yeah. But then it turned into like this this love. Yeah. And so every time I smell it, it's like it brings back yeah. all these memories from my childhood when I smell it's beer. Like beer comfort beer. food. It is. Yeah, beer. very similar. Yeah. <laughs> so we got. I got a, a an extension cord that has a GFCI on it so I could safely brew with the foundry in the garage. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. It's good stuff. Mm. Uh, so let's talk about So we talked about kind of you guys got started brewing extract. Mm-hmm. With the advent of all this equipment, with Brewing Bag becoming popular maybe five or ten years ago, I'm not sure exactly what the timetable is on that. Um, how many of your of you the people who you come in, who come in and they, they're first time brewers? That's a good uh, question. Brew extract or mm-hmm. stay with extract very long. So the majority of the people that are starting still start with extract. Mm-hmm. However, we find they make the jump to to all grain quite a bit quicker than they used to, because you know back in the day, the I don't know, the, the prevailing wisdom was that you needed, you know, three different things. You needed a boil kettle, right. a mash tun, and a sparge tank. And, you know, pumps weren't readily available years right. ago. So it's you had to have these tiers of, and it just, it made the hobby look like more of this, I don't know, this unapproachable, expensive lifestyle. And then people were like, why are we doing this? Let's just put this in a giant bag and strain it. <laughs> right. Um, and then people have just like, gone in waves towards all grain now with like i would say 10 years ago 60 70 percent of our ingredient business was extract and now that's probably like 20 25 wow. yeah it's it's swayed that much and then I, I, I you guys have a the extract is better on the on the or sorry extract is better for the margin so how do you guys cope with you know it is yeah there's 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 no way around <laughs> that for sure um i I don't know. Just we wear masks when we <laughs> we're in the grain room all day. That's how we cope with That's it. That's how we yeah, cope. We wear. <laughs> we hide in the dust clouds. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it can get very dusty in there for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, you come up, you know, there's there's new things though that you can sell. Like you know, back in the day, you didn't have all these yeast to choose from. You didn't right. have all this other fancy equipment to, you know, like we may not be able to sell like the six hundred dollar all grain setup to the the, for the person when they go to it, but there's all sorts of like ancillary stuff they can buy. So like people get into kegging now, you know, they have the proper starters. So we've seen basically our, um, you know, our average order value stay pretty much consistent throughout the years. It really hasn't changed that much. Right. So, yeah, that's excellent. Especially I know that the homebrew industry has been kind of on a decline. Have it you guys, has, yeah. have you guys seen that or have you guys been able to hold steady throughout? We have, that? we have, we've made some, uh, we made some strategic, uh, a strategic acquisition a couple of years ago um, that kind of helped bolster our wine business. Sure. And so that's kind of helped keep the losses that we've experienced on the homebrew side because mm-hmm. wine is seeing, I wouldn't say like a surge, but it's seeing kind of a pickup where beer is kind of on the downtrend. Right. So we've picked that business up and it's kind of helped offset the losses nice. that we've seen. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and then I, I imagine your online business has grown more than. It has. The online business is definitely, and I mean, that's. It's just the trend. That's where people are going. I mean, when I feel like when when I first started this, if I searched for ingredients online, it was it was probably two or three people, two or three right. people, yeah. and it wasn't yeah. great fermentations. And mm-hmm. now you guys are in the top two or three almost every time. Yeah, so, good to hear. Yeah, that's good that's to hear. Fantastic. Yeah. And you know, I I I hate to put so much focus on it, but it's just like we don't have a choice now. It's right. that's that's where people are shopping, and we try to make the experience as seamless as possible in the store as well. So you know, we people shop online with us. They we track their orders in the internal system too. So when you come in, you can see what you've ordered online. Right, nice. So we try to make everything as seamless as possible for the in-store customers. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, this is, this is where we started. So this is what we want to see thrive as much as we can. Um, but it's just kind of the, how the market goes. We have to put some focus on the internet. Well, and one of the things that, that kind of really drove the creation of this podcast actually is the, the Friday night club. Oh, so, really? so, so okay. about two years ago, I came to my first Friday night club and we didn't actually know it was Friday night club. It was in October. So it was the best. Oh one. yeah. There's oh, October it was the October fest. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It was, it was so good. So we actually were just coming to make a, we could get a recipe, Jason and I, okay. and I showed up and there's all these people here and they're like, you want to drink some of this beer? And I'm like, well, of course I want to drink <laughs> some of the beer. And they're like, well, have some of these pretzels. And I'm like, well, this is the <laughs> shit. And I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> people, and then you came the next month. You're like, Where I did. The yeah. fuck are the pretzels? <laughs> no, I knew there weren't pretzels. You guys warned me, or somebody warned me. They, they told me they weren't going to be pretzels. But, um, but, but then I was like, well, you know, people who don't live in a city should have a community like this. Because not only did yeah. I get beer and pretzels, but people talked about people who cared about making beer right. were talking yeah. to me about making beer. Yeah. Um, and then I got to share their beer with them, and it was fantastic. So I'm like, well, people who don't have a beer community or don't know about a beer community should have one and let's make an easy one and let's do a podcast. So I think that's a great idea. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. we started off interviewing mostly home brewers. We've been lucky enough to, 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 this is a fun interview on site. We've also been at a couple of breweries cool. uh, and interviewed some pro guys. So it's been a fun experience for us, but it kind of all started in this room. It's pretzel, good to hear. I like to hear that. Awesome. You know, we, we have a lot that. of customers across the country that are ordering because they don't have local supply shops close right. to them. And one thing I always say to people too is, I love to get business from people online, but if I know there's a local place near them, I always push them to that local place. Because what I tell people is, the minute your local homebrew shop is gone, it's yeah. going to be a sad day. You're going to wish it was still there. Mm-hmm. So I, I love to get, I don't know, an Anvil Foundry order from someone online. Right. But I say, hey, you know what? If your local place will get it for you, go there first. Right. Well, that, I mean, that's the, 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 the challenge for people who want to be budget conscious but also want to support their local homebrew shops. Yes, right. so, yes. Um, you have to you have to when you're running a local shop you need to there's a ah, there is a perception that 
uh, family-owned local businesses will uh, gouge you on prices. Huh. I think there's a perception there. And so we constantly try to make sure that we are on par with people's prices and you know, offering fair prices to people. So, yes, if the local shop is not giving you a good price, yeah, it's, it's hard to stay with them. Yeah. It's a bummer. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think for 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 me, just you know, full 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 disclosure, some of some of like the more equipment stuff mm-hmm. that I get, like my kegs came from from a, a website, and I only buy them on Thanksgiving, and they sell twenty dollars kegs on on Black yeah, Friday. Yeah, that's hard right. to say no to. So yeah. I mean, there's a couple big suppliers out there that have done enormous purchases, like right. container loads of kegs that we just can't even yeah. can't even come close to. Right. Yeah. So, I, know, but, I know which I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I was ever, yeah, if I was ever going to twenty dollar kegs is a good deal. Yeah, and it's they crazy. don't actually they didn't have it this year. They were thirty. They this need year they need to I learn to stop doing the same sale every year. Yeah. yeah, you can you uh you condition the customers. Yeah, we're like, hey, sale. well, it's thirty dollars this year. I mean, I want to right <laughs> now it's not only much. only the racetrack tops, yeah. only the racetrack you know style yes. ones were twenty dollars. Yep. I don't mm-hmm. want a racetrack stuff lid for my keg. Like what? What the hell is this? Uh, so uh, we're coming up uh, on a break, but I have one more kind of businessy question that I, that I want to ask, and then the second half of the show will be a little more fun. Um, so I, I think a challenge uh, for for homebrew shops is getting new people to start brewing. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, at least in my experience, when people kind of approach me about brewing, a lot of the things that they that they always ask me about, there you know, there's a fair few of them. They're like, "Hey, can I brew beer for cheap? And can I make an American light lager?" And the answer is. Um, no, like you can't. You can. Uh, you can brew. Well, I think you can cheap, brew beer cheap, but like an American light. Cheap lot, is relative, right? Yeah. Well, you're not gonna like save money. Like you're not gonna. It's, you're not gonna yeah. beat Coors Light, right? No, you're not. No. Um, for the effort no, you have to you put cannot. into a light log. Yeah. <laughs> even if, even after you spent money on your all grain equipment and you can buy sacks of grain, there's right. no way you're gonna compete with, with right. that price. And, and actually, even if you're a good light logger brewer, like they they, they just make so much of it and it's so yeah, cheap, and and yeah. you don't. You don't do it for that, but so if if I come in and I say, "Hey, man, I really like to make an American light lager," like yeah. you guys have an opportunity to to get that person inspired uh-huh. about beer. Like, how do you how do you seize that opportunity? Uh, so a couple ways I do it. So I first I first try to explain to them the challenges, and then I tell them, "Look, my my desire to get you not to do this is purely selfish." I want you to brew your first beer successfully because you're going to come back here and buy more stuff. Right. Um, and then, and then I kind of just, I'm honest with them. You know, it's it, keeping your temperature to where it needs to be is really hard to do if you don't have your equipment. And if you can't, the beer's not going to turn out how you like it. Um, and so if they're still dead set on it, right. um, I will try to push them towards something like, I don't know, Y yeast 2112, uh, right. mm-hmm. California lager, which is a really, it's, it's an ale strain that gives you it's, it gives you lager characteristics without the, the, the fussiness that a lager uh, right. would have. And then if they're still dead set on traditional and want to do it their way, then we try to try to get them everything they need to do it. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're, I mean, one thing I, I don't have policies and procedures on how to answer every question here, but the only thing I do have is I tell my employees to help the customer brew the beer that they want regardless is regardless if you think it's the most wacky thing in the world let them brew the beer they want and get them there so what like <laughs> we don't get that question very I often mean, if we get, I, a lot of times i get hey i want to start brewing and i want to brew oh gosh this one time i want to brew belgian red from <laughs> <Nuclearis."> <laughs> yeah i remember yeah. that or um i want to start with <laughs> this 
Bourbon barrel aged Russian imperial stout. So oh, complicated, you know. Yeah, time tested like, recipe over generations. Maybe you should make an IPA, <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe you should put some hops in there to cover up yeah, your faults. Exactly. Maybe you should. Yeah, <laughs> but, but like, if ah. someone did ask for a light lager, that's what I would yeah. say. I think that's it's interesting. About education. It's about educating them because a lot of people don't know what goes into beer styles. They think oh, it's just a recipe to make beer. It's like. There's there's just a lot of education that people yeah. need, so and we a, try to kind and of. And a lot of times, after I tell them that first piece about what it takes, a lot of times they'll, they'll be like, "Oh, oh, okay, I didn't know it. Yeah, it was right. so involved." And yeah. so then we'll start talking about some other beers. Here's a cream ale. Nice. Here's a blonde. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there are some some of the styles that take the aliases that are that yeah. are more mm-hmm. appropriate. So. Yeah, exactly. So still still tough to brew, I think. There, there's there's zero point in telling a customer no when right. they want to do something. Well, and I I think that that's. I, I, what do you guys do if like when you, if someone shows you a recipe, and you're just like, like or like if someone's like, oh, I want forty percent black patent malt, or <laughs> we say something, we yeah. say something, yeah. we, we just well, we, a lot of times, sometimes they don't even like, they might not even realize, yeah. It. right? Yeah. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, oh, I didn't re- like, I didn't realize that there was that much in there. Like, mm. I thought that was ounces not pounds or yeah. something you know what i mean so. oh, oh so like they, they just handed you a thing and it was like yeah maybe they were transcribing it incorrectly yeah. from beersmith or something so yeah i mean yeah. It, yeah we we try to not i mean we try to approach it delicately and not be like oh, you're crazy for putting eight pounds of smoked malt in this non-roush beer you yeah, know right. it's, i mean because i i like i had somebody Bring recently some in, yeah. that yeah, yeah she eight had pounds of smoked malt? two pounds of smoked malt and a wheat beer and i was like is this like a smoked wheat? And she's like, no, I just want a hint of smoke. And I'm like, mm, two ounces. Too much. Two pounds <laughs> is a lot. I mean, <laughs> this is going to be campfire in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just I mean, made we, a yeah. rush beer, and I think I put, it was a two-and-a-half-gallon batch. I think I had a six-pound grain bill, and I had about a half a pound of smoke malt right. in there. It doesn't yeah. take a lot. Yeah. Nope. So, I mean, we, we try to, to point it out. I mean, sometimes people just... They want what they want. You know, I've had a recipe numerous times that's had every, literally every crystal malt we have. Like 10, 20, 40, 60, 80. Like a half pound, a pound of each, all in one recipe. That like, sounds why, exciting. Why, why is there so much crystal malt? <laughs> but it's just like at that, it's like, I don't even know how to approach this. You're like, <laughs> so. I can't even give you, I can't even give you. So okay. now, that, now, that we've, now that we've thrown some bad recipe creating customers <laughs> under the bus, have you guys had like a, a, a kit that's been inspired by a customer's recipe where you're like, mm-hmm. ah, can, I, can we make this yeah. kit? Can I sell this? Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Frank's uh, Savor the Flavor. Frank's Savor the Flavor. Yeah, um, it was like the perfect balance of malt and hops. It who was did, just who really did the good. Life's of Beach? Um, he's at Wabash now, the brewer at Wabash. Um, I believe that's Jimmy Buffett. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was Jimmy Buffett. Um, with a parrot. I'm, I'm a horrible with names. I'm drawing a blank on it. But, um, and then also, I think after seeing about... Mark Sheese. Mark Sheese, thank you. you um, after seeing about a hundred of these, we finally decided to come up with a um, a zombie dust clone. And, oh um, right, and we do and, a lot of clones, and we do a lot of clones, yeah, and, and like we'd seen popular. we'd seen enough recipes where we're like, all right, this is what this is what goes. This is the one's gonna go. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a pretty, and they're all pretty much the same. We uh, let's uh, we'll have a little fun with with the advantages of, of making clone beer when you're a homebrew shop and you get to watch everyone's failure. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit after the break Perfect. and uh, some other fun stuff.
All right, welcome back to Plato's Gravity. We are back with uh, Jenny and Brian uh, at Great Fermentations in their education room. Uh, and Jason said over the break, he said, Aaron, why the hell didn't you ask them uh, what they do in this beautiful education that room? That is not verbatim. I added some. I added a. I added. Yeah, a you made me swear more, on. which is hard to do. Yeah, I added an accent. <laughs> accent. I, an accent. Accent. I did. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so we're in the education room. So uh-huh. what sort of things happen in the uh, education room? Well, podcasts first of all. Uh, podcasts first of all. Yes. Ta-da. Hello. Is this the third podcast that's happening in the education room? Uh, we done three or four or five. Probably. Out of we, yeah, probably. probably. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Um, let's see. We also do uh, classes in here, of course. We do lots of classes. Um, we have meetings in here because it's like the only quiet space around here. Do you drink shift beers in here? Uh, I, I don't, but my employees may. If yeah. I, if yeah, I, that's boring. They're usually in the cooler, I think, doing shift beers. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah shift that's beers especially in the summer. <laughs> best place to hide. Um, and then we shoot videos in here, product videos, okay. stuff like that. So, yeah. What's your, so you got, what's your favorite product video that you have done? I mean, we haven't done a ton. We're just, I'm, we're starting to do them more. You definitely have one for the Anvil Foundry. I that's watched it. That's probably my favorite nice. one. Yeah. Because that's the nice. first time. I mean, that was literally all shot on an iPhone. Nice. And recorded on an iPhone. It looks, it looks really good, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, it's amazing what that little little phone can do. So that was probably my most favorite so far. Yeah. yeah. But we got I got more coming. There's more ideas. Sweet. So, yeah. Yeah. Look for product reviews at greatfermentations.com. Yeah. Just we'll, trying to find a way to do them quick. Get them turned around quick. Mm-hmm. That's the challenge. We will. Uh, yeah. We, and we'll link to your uh, your website and all your thank social you, media you. jazz and the shows. You guys can the uh, you see that the up. The uh, the other thing we'll talk about. Uh, so you you guys get to like look at everyone's failed clones and then make your own clones. Is that that's is that a how weird? That, hold on. Clone beer. There's no failed beer. Yeah. Hey, that always no is a bit of company. We were talking about humans. Yeah. Maybe sheep. <laughs> People, sheep. rich people clone they did their the, dogs. They did we're the not sh- looking at failed clone dogs. Sh- sheep were first. Please, <laughs> please oh. don't make me. I think that was a really nice marketing line, but I have, I have, I mean, it's, I have it's, made failed beer. So I consider a failed beer something that is infected and undrinkable. Right. Yeah. That, that, I've made that That, before. in my mind, is a failed beer. Now, if, if you made a beer and it didn't turn out exactly like you liked it, but it's clean, it's drinkable, to me... Still a good beer. It's still a good beer. Now I can understand if you'd spent like hundreds of dollars on the ingredients, and but I, I try to tell people that you know if if it doesn't turn out exactly like you like it, try to you know just think like a craft brewer. Yeah. You know, try to put a spin on it. You know, convince yourself. But no, I, there's really no failed beer around here unless it's not drinkable. Unless it's not drinkable. Yeah. As yeah. former guest Tyler Poling once said, if you make a failed beer, just sour it. Pretty You're much, fine. nice. <laughs> call it a New England IPA. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I know we're not playing a game of how 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 much call it a New England IPA. I'm sorry. That's right. You can uh, you can do that. It's just it's a it's the haze. It's a style that exists. The haze craze. <laughs> I would say my, my my worst beer was it was not only did it not taste like I wanted, but it was a bottle bomb. It was so that a, would be a failed beer. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Bottle bombs around. Especially bottle bombs can your wife did not want you to oh, make any more beer. Luck, luck, beer luck, luckily, I, I knew they were bottle bombs before I opened one indoors. Good job. And then yep. after that, we, we drank about half of it before I was like, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Can we, they were, it was supposed to be a beer for her. It was supposed to be a... Uh, she likes wheat beer, and so I made her a Dunkelweizen. I was like trying to like slip yeah, the middle yeah, and like middle, drink yep. something that I would like as well. Yep. And then really, she was like, no, I, I hate this. Aaron, so. This is horrible. I don't know why I'm just realizing this. Most of your beers are for Kelly. 
I, I, I keep trying to make one that she's going to like. And it keeps them in the hobby. Every time. <laughs> I've never succeeded. I think she's going to like the Roush beer, but this isn't about me, so let's Two move pounds on. of smoke ball. No, it's not two pounds <laughs> of smoke ball. That's, uh, that's, that's incorrect, sir. Uh, that would be... That would be the, the mm-hmm. how you just said Roush is how that beer should be pronounced. Roush <laughs> <laughs> beer. That's so I was trying. I was very loosely trying to make a, a clone of the beer that Daredevil made. Uh, oh, their Roush beer was f- it was amazing. I don't think I've had that one yet. Yeah, I had it at Winterfest. They play with smoke malts quite well, a bit. Uh, yeah, we just finished a four pack of a beer they made. I think for the holidays called First Noel. They still have some. Uh, I don't know why people don't buy their smoked beer. It's really really good, but it's like a smoked porter. It's not they a, do a good approach. Smoked beer is a very yeah. it's a. They it's balance a, it pretty well. Yeah, yeah it's 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 always yeah. really well balanced. Yeah. It's never over. It right. never hit you over the head. It's a style you have to like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not something to be like. Oh, I've never tried that before. I'd really like to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly would actually like it if you hit her over the head with it. Like I probably could have done. Fair not enough. two pounds, but I probably could have put like eight, eight or. 10 oh, I or thought you meant ounces. literally hit her over the head and. Like, no, no. Gosh, that's the. <laughs> 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 no, she's hit her with the can. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like my life. I'm good without without. All that <laughs> so what I want to do right now, before we get uh, uh, too much further into the show, is I want to play a game called Tap on Tap. So we're playing a little earlier than we normally play it in the episode because there is some rule changes. Um, so we're actually re- retiring. For the better. Yeah, they're for the better. We're retiring the old version, of, and we're actually going to keep stats on the uh, on the uh, shots from here to four. Before, it was boring to keep stats. Everybody lost. Uh, oh, now it's going to be etched in history. Yeah. It, well, I mean, just oh, on our website that yeah. has like 15 views of. We actually. Perfect. Yeah. So not only the internet, we will inscribe it into the sidewalk in front of your shop. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah. correct. That's that's a little aggressive. They basis. might call the police. I yeah. don't know. They uh, is you, I think, <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen this guy before. Yeah. What, are they? <laughs> what is he? That's fine. Yeah. Uh, the concrete's already set, Jason. You know how hard that is in set concrete? Literally. Tell us all about You know, so the entire uh, uh, Greek alphabet is designed to be car- uh, carved into stone. It, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, that's what I would do with it, so. <laughs> I would carve it into stone. I mean, they didn't have, yeah. So, uh, so we're changing the game. It's now a three-point game. Uh, three-point game. So we explained to Brian and Jenny before we started... Uh, I'm going to read the untapped reviews, and now we're making it uh, harder in one very small way. I'm not going to ma- read any references to the style that the reviewer might have given you. Ow. Because one of the points is you get a point for guessing the style. <laughs> and we have no idea the region it's coming from either, right? Um, I, I'm going to give you a, a brief hint on the region. Okay. Um, is I, it the region? No, it's definitely it not. It's not All from right. the region. All right. um, I'm not trying to fool you. So this is a beer that I expect you to have an awareness of. This is your regional hint. That's all you get for the regional hint? That's all you get for the regional hint. Okay. All right, so uh, I think it's, it's... Wait, do you get a point for guessing the region? No. Oh. That would be ridiculous. So it's a point for the brewery, point for the beer, point for the style. Point for the style. Okay. Right. Presumably, you're, more people are going to get the style point at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Uh, you know, and oh, uh, by the way, since this is the first time we've done it like this, we need some rules clarifications. No matter what the beer tastes like, the style of record is the style the brewery calls it. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. So, sure. Fair enough. So, yeah. uh, which means some of the untapped reviews, people have different palettes. That, that yeah. Untapped reviews might be people misleading. People on untapped are brilliant <laughs> off of untapped. I mean, I this think untapped is, is probably a bell curve of beer drinkers. Some of them know exactly what they're talking about. Some of them are no, just man. okay, That's and some rough. of them don't know anything. I can't stand That's when rough. people review beers. It's like, oh, I don't like IPAs, and this one sucks. I'm like, then like, why did like you review it? Yeah. That's <laughs> you spend this money on that. This is gonna kind of a theme in the show. Like, I, I, I'm for like checking it in. 
But if you don't like a style, just don't rate it. Don't rate it. Yeah, you right. can even say in the comments, I don't like this. Because no one's reading yeah, that, except for yeah. when I go back to play Tap on Tap. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, all right, so we're going to start off. Uh, and I'll tell you where they drank it, unless they drank it at the place it was brewed. Because that uh, like, obviously... Like the venue? Away. I'll tell you. Yeah, oh. yeah, and th- that should there, help there, with the region. There, there, can be, there can be hints there, yeah. Okay. Maybe. Um, so Aaron R. is drinking this beer, and he drank it at 20 Tap. So uh, twenty tap is a is a local. Uh, when, was re- when was South this Broad Ripple? Uh, July se- uh, We haven't done the dates before. July seventeenth, twenty sixteen. Oh, okay. twenty tap. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. That's a that's a good question to ask though. Yeah. That's not uh, you know that's not the that. latest. That's pre fire. That's pre fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> they had a fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Four point two five bottle caps. Uh, and he says light crispness and a nice carbonation pale color. I believe he described the color of the beer as a carbonated color. <laughs> the way this is written. Uh, Aaron R. Oh, light Christmas and nice carbonation pale color. No <laughs> comma where there should have been a comma. Sorry for being critical. What exactly is the color of carbonation? Uh, clear. clear. It's a Zima. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's not a Zima. That's <laughs> your oh, first gosh. guess. Is, it does not count. That's It's fine. <laughs> light oh, Christmas. By the way, uh, this is a team game. So... so Jenny and Brian, you have like a collective mind here. You either get it together or you don't. But you guys can have multiple guesses. It's fine. Oh. Uh, so that was a, that was a, a good first one. Uh, so uh, we're going to move on to Steven. And uh, he uh, has it. Wait, are we skipping that one or are we coming back to it? Oh, I'll come back to it. But we, we, So it's the same beer. Three reviews, same beer. Oh. So more information on the same beer. Oh, okay. I'm about to okay. say, that's just yeah. some, okay. Yeah, that's not Very enough. Big. That's not enough. <laughs> yeah. Untapped uh, does not provide th- you that this kind one, of information. Uh, <laughs> Steven does not make it clear where he drank it, but he does say Brewer's Cup leftover. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> dry, highly carbonated, crisp, hoppy, clean, great beer to style. Uh, but then he gives it three and a half bottle caps. Oh. So he, they nailed it. Give a reason but why you gave it. Three oh, and a half. On. Three and a half. All right. So that's so crisp. That's, that's I have crisp. a key on highly carbonated Brewer's Cup. Uh, oh, you do? Okay. Well, next door. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh. anyway, go ahead. You know the stuff. Uh, Tracy R. Uh, Hi, Tracy. Beers across the Wabash. I don't know what that it means. Oh, it's a, I think it's a festival. It's oh, a festival. festival. So, yeah. so Tracy R. has this at Beers Across the Wabash. I uh, did not care for it. Two and a half, two and a half uh, mm-hmm. bottle caps. Okay. from. Uh, and uh, but, but Tracy R. earned the Wheel of Styles badge. Uh, this is August 27th, 2016, this review. And she says, a bit light on taste for me. Ah. A bit light on well, taste for Tracy, me. Tracy, don't uh, get light crisp. It's certainly not the high raz from Great Fermentations. Ow. Everyone should buy this kit. Uh, what you should know is that I got a second glass during the break, and if I get a second glass of raspberry hibiscus saison, it's a damn good raspberry hibiscus saison. You guys don't have to talk off the wood. Like, we're not going to. It's actually more interesting if you talk into the mic and tell us yeah. what your guess is. Yeah, 100%. So, wait, did you say the, sec- say the second review? Yeah. The second review? Um, the second review, I believe, I scroll back. Normally, I record the, I put these on the thing. Uh, uh, Brewer's Cup leftover, dry, highly carbonated, crisp, hoppy, clean, great beer to style. Three and a half bottle caps from Steven. All right, so I, I have I mean, an idea. I mean, maybe a pale. I well, or, so we're guessing. Style so we're guessing first. the style. Yeah. So I would say a pale. A pale. Yeah, that's where I'm going to. 
I would say the brewery is beer brewery. Beer, beer I would brewery. Say it's their PDG. You guys are. You guys got one out of three. Ah, oh, damn it! You guys got one out of three. So, uh, uh, yeah, let's have fun. So, one out of three is the official score. Let's see if you guys can. I'm not gonna tell you which one you got. See if you can narrow. Wow. Well, the high carbonation, I think. The high carbonation is interesting because pales typically wouldn't be like hoppy. Well, it's just they tend to do a lot of high carbonation. Like theirs, are tend to be higher carbonation. That's I have reason. no idea which Brewers one. You guys want to? You guys want to? Brewers, cu- Brewers yeah. Cup sounds. I drank this beer today. Doesn't. That doesn't help. Oh. I mean, it should help. It should help. I went. To, I worked all day. Like before here. <laughs> yeah, like right before I came here, I had this beer. Yeah, it's uh, probably I didn't invite okay, me. Okay, so it's beer brewery. <laughs> so Kolsch, maybe Kolsch Kolsch. Wait, no, that's not right. Hold on, I take that back. I mean, some people can pers- uh, someone that rates a three and a half to style that calls it hoppy. Yeah, that was my may, kicker. May get that like confused, and they may mm. think a Kolsch is. I don't think their Kolsch is on tap. <laughs> <laughs> they have a dark Kolsch on tap right now. It yeah, is interesting to note for yeah. the listeners at home: uh, beer brewery is it's right next door. Yeah, literally and, right next door. You know, why you guys are thinking? We should. Have, we, right let, let's, let's, tell, let's tell a story about beer brewery. So, so yeah. the, the the guy who started beer brewery has a good relationship with great fermentations, right? He does yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How did this relationship start? Uh, Darren started working for great fermentations. Gosh, I don't know how Probably. long ago. He was working here the first time I came to buy Yeah, stuff so the here. majority of like the original beer kits we have are all Darren's creations. So P- PDG being one of them. Dread Brown Porter. Yeah. Dread Brown Porter. And PDG now he has next door. The right. Kolsch kit is from his Kolsch recipe. So, and then I think just they were, there was a spot opening up at the end. And Darren had gotten enough, like, you know, notice in the in- industry yeah. that he was, he was making good beer. And he had brewed at, um... Lenny's um, down in Bloomington. I okay. forget the Bloomington Brewing Company. I think is the name. I forget. But um, so he had he had some previous pro brewing experience, and then he opened up Beer Brewery next door right before kind of craft beer started just like yeah. exploding around here. And so yeah, that's that's the background. All right, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you one last hint. Mm-hmm. I uh, I'm a really judgmental drinker. I'm kind of an asshole. Fair enough. And so whenever I go to a brewery. I, I like to drink uh, a, a beer that lets me sort of judge their brewing quality right off the bat. That seems like an IPA thing. Oh, that's an interesting take. Well, just lager. because I feel like everybody judges based off if they can do yeah. an IPA. I think it's more of a... People, oh, so track beer? They, you know, they, they judge their brewing chops oh. on lagers. Like, is there diacetyl in here? Yeah. But hoppy? The hoppy's just throwing you guys off. That, that guy was wrong. He's the guy that rated it three and a half. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. he doesn't well, know what's yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not unhoppy. It's not unhoppy, but it's not. It's not the predominant. The predominant. The predominant deal. The beer. It's definitely. It's definitely the best pills. Or the whatever their pilsner's called. Good pills. Good pills. Oh, good uh, pills. Mama's. I think yeah, it's good pills. Just good pills is the name of the beer. Yeah. Is that the beer? Yeah. Oh, I good pills. That beer. That's good. Oh, that, that <laughs> makes it hard. That makes it difficult. That so makes it, it difficult. Beer. It's really good. Yeah, it was definitely it was beer. beer. It was okay. definitely beer. Yeah, you guys crush it on the beer. And actually, the hoppy I think you, threw us I, off. I think you guys should get two points because your answer of beer brewery came on an incredibly edgy. It wasn't like a wild guess. Yeah. It was beer brewery. It was. It was, it was at this festival. They have high carbonation. You notice that. So, yeah. so, so kudos to you guys. I One think out. I was going to guess some type of pilsner or something yeah. until the second review. Yeah, the yeah. hoppy threw me. The off. hoppy threw you off. Yeah, yes. I immediately and went to PDG. Like, and I feel like when you have craft pilsners, they are hoppier than a, than, than I think it's American the bitter, style. The yeah, yeah. yeah. Too. Uh, yeah. 
but I mean, I had it just before I came here, and I wouldn't say that hops was a thing that Mm-mm. that dominated my yeah. my perspective no, on it. Not at all. No, uh, that's a good beer. My favorite thing is a German pilsner that that is quite hoppy. Mm-hmm. So it can be. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Jason, uh, do you think we should uh, we should let's go off the wall right now, and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll end up with some more fun stuff. What do you mean? Uh, Jason's off the wall question. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah, real Aaron, I understand. I understand that you and I know what <laughs> this means. Is this like have nothing to do with beer? Oh, or? actually, I usually like tell the guests what we're going to do yeah, in the show. Man. I forgot to, to oh, mention now it's this. Uh, okay. So what happens? Uh, one, time to one, think of the question. One, once a show. <laughs> once a show, I have Jason ask an off the wall question. And the only rule that that I'm given that I give to Jason is that he can't ask you anything to do with beer. Uh, so we'll throw a little Fair. All wrench. Right. So so Jason is going to ask his off the wall question. Da, da, da. Da, 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 da. Okay. Aaron and I mm-hmm. have known each other for a long time. I'd say about 10 years. Okay. Ish. Actually, longer than 10 years. Yeah, it's longer than 10 years. Yeah, longer than 10 years. Over a decade. Um, and part of the thing that keeps us together is love. No. Well, sure, maybe. <laughs> beer, beer and love. Beer and love. love. Alcohol and love. And board games. I'm not really supposed to interrupt during the off-the-wall question, so I can't. And board games <laughs> keeps us, uh, board games keep keep us, us together. together. Like Monopoly? And Aaron's phone finding directions. Siri. Siri. It's the Google equivalent of Siri. I've had really bad phone etiquette during this (laughs) podcast, so sorry, guys. So Aaron and I, when we're not together playing board games, we like to play Words with Friends. We do because it's very Scrabble. I've not played that in years. Yeah, no word. Yeah, you guys are the the two that still play it. Yep. Okay, we sure are. There's at least two other people to play because I play with three people. (laughs) This is is very true. so Words with Friends, are you familiar with the yeah, concept? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's Scrabble. Oh, okay. It's Scrabble with slightly different scoring. Um, that I, I swear to you, I only know scoring. this because... The, the, the tiles are the same values, but the, the bonuses are in a different array. Oh, yeah. I bet they had to do that. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. So they didn't. You just call me a nerd? What? You're, asking, you're the one who brought up the Words with Friends question. Yeah, no, so my, my question is to you. What do you assume my current strategy is for when I play Words with Friends with Aaron? It's the easiest game to cheat on. That's that's true. We, we have a strong, is that what you we, think my... We, we have a strong no cheating. <laughs> do you think my strategy is to cheat? To cheat. Well, what other... Stra- I'm not a Scrabble guy, so I don't know Scrabble strategy. Are there yeah. Scrabble guys? They've got to have a Scrabble like <laughs> tournament, don't they? Oh yeah, uh, I'm sure. Oh no, 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 there's probably. definitely Scrabble tournaments. There's, oh, yeah. there's 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 folks with whom you play Scrabble, and through the powers of their memory, they know the probability of what tiles that you might have towards the end of the game, and they also know what tiles they might draw. Oh, wow, because they're remembering these things. These people are very good at Scrabble. That could be my strategy. I could be very good at Scrabble. Yeah. Wait, is this like multiple choice or open ended? Uh, I mean, I just need to know. Your I think it answer. should be multiple choice. They've, they've, they've yeah, told you. I have you. no idea. Yeah, so give us three possible strategies. I could say pick. like to win, and that would be. That's not his <laughs> okay. strategy, clearly. Well, okay, so <laughs> that and that would be right. <laughs> let's say that. Let's say one of my strategies is to enter every one of my letters and the complete board state into some app that will give me the most optimal amount of points every time. Oh, it's so like That's words, with, words with Friends Cliff Notes app? Yeah. They, make, they have them. Let's say, I'm let, sure they do. Let's <laughs> say I cheat. What's the point? <laughs> let's say that my strategy is to play the best word I can come up with out of my own mind. Okay. Like I'm playing the game. How, how one should play mind. the game. Right. Mm-hmm. And let's say that... Um, 
option C, I always play one letter in the lowest point possible spot in order to ruin Aaron's fun. <laughs> what's, what, how is that ruining my fun? Doesn't that give because him more points when he it wins? It gives him more points, but it makes his win meaningless. Because you're basically giving him. <laughs> so let's say that's option C. So option C would imply that he likes to play the game and you just do it to mess with him. <laughs> you're a damn. Yeah, so which one, which one is it? I've only known you for about an hour now. Um, C sounds like a lot of fun, but I'm going to go with B, that you really try to win. Sometimes. From your heart. From my, my heart of heart, from yes. the, the deep down depths yes. of my heart. You really, Sometimes. You really Jenny, want do, you, to do you have a guess? I feel like it's C. <laughs> I, do, do, do you want Aaron, me to get, you know the answer. I know the answer. The answer is it's it's B Ha-ha. until I begin to kick his ass, and then it's C. Then he just gives then up. It's <laughs> this, <laughs> well, that's loaded. And then I win in my own special way. Because you didn't yeah. try. Because yes, yes. Yeah. And he plays <laughs> like no he scores the, the fewest amounts points possible and leaves all the great scoring places for Duh. me. Yes. How was that four hundred to two hundred win? Uh, <laughs> How did that feel, Aaron? And I gave you fifty percent of it. <laughs> Uh, it felt great, Jason. I like to win even when you suck. Aww. That's Aww. I'm very good at And I will always win. encourage Aaron feeling better. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's fantastic. So, quick uh, check. So let's uh, let's go back to brewing. That mm-hmm. was a fun off the wall question. We talked about words with friends, which our guests clearly don't play or know nope. a lot. So that was a swing and a miss on the fail. I think it's been. I think it's. I think it's okay. We, I, I mean, think the still, question was great. We still had fun with it. It was good. I think people got to learn about us, Aaron. Sometimes the off the wall question is about the guests. Sometimes it's about mm-hmm. us. Yep. Yeah, there you go. You know. Uh, so you guys. I, I, I think you guys work in a business that's really driven by the power of community. And what, what's kind of sh- struck me as a home brewer is how strong the community is and how generous mm-hmm. it is. And, and even when you go to, like, smaller brewers, like, how much they don't necessarily see themselves as competitors, but they see themselves as, like, yep. colleagues. So mm-hmm. can you talk about how that affects you as, as, as folks who are running a homebrew shop? I mean, I think it kind of makes our life easier for sure because, you know, it's it's a hobby where people like to share it with each other. And naturally, when you're sharing a hobby with each other, it kind of helps grow the hobby to other people. So I think it just, if anything, it just makes our life easier for sure. Right. And it makes it more enjoyable. I mean, no one likes to be working somewhere where, you know, people aren't having fun doing what they're doing. I mean, this is, I always say we, we sell fun in the form of homebrew supplies. So uh, when people like doing it and they like sharing it with each other, um, it just makes everything a lot easier around here. Yeah. That's kind of the way that I look at it. Yeah, I think I think it's nice, especially, um, you know, we have a good mix of true home brewers, and we have a lot of uh, commercial breweries that we work mm-hmm. with as well. Right. And I think it kind of, it kind of has to be that way. I think it works better when people aren't seeing themselves as competition, but they work together because so often people move around. Yeah. And I think that. It helps. I think they're they're smart enough to recognize that helps grow the industry. Right. Um, you know, when you have a new guy trying to open a brewery, it's it's great to see other breweries step in and help however they can. Um, and I, it definitely makes it more fun 
um, for us because we can we we see both sides of it. We see when they're home brewers and when they become commercial. And I think we try to encourage that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we definitely have a unique position because we're in the middle of it all. Right. We're on the homebrew side. We're on the commercial side. We see all the new things coming. We know all the breweries that are opening. And our biggest thing, I think, is we we remain impartial. We are right. just here to support whoever's trying to yep. go into the hobby mm-hmm. or the brewery so, side. And I think when, when smaller brewers, uh, nano brewers, are even slightly bigger, they run into ingredient problems because you can't get hop contracts. Oh, yeah. they, they help or, each or, other or, out. Or, yeah. They help each other out. But how, how does Great Fermentations or other like, local homebrew shops, like how big of a brewer, like how, how big like how big does a brewery need to get before they stop calling you guys? Daredevil calls us sometimes. Yeah. Beer Brewery calls us sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's just, always emergency. Yeah, really. it's emergency stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we can't supply, you know, Sun King and Daredevil and, and big yeah. breweries, but we we commonly have breweries in every week. Yeah. I mean, that are getting you know back up random things that you know were missed on their order or back ordered or weren't shipped. So or their inventory was off and they didn't yeah. realize. Yeah, yeah. So. so we we interact with them quite a bit. Do you we, give them all your galaxy? We would never do that. <laughs> and there are still people that think they can get two and three pounds of Galaxy. I'm like, where yeah, have you been hard. for the last three years? <laughs> hard, <yeah. laughs> That's not going to happen. The, what's the most amount of Galaxy I can come in here and buy? Like four or five years ago, we accidentally, not accidentally, but just like, kind of on a whim, bought like, I don't know, like 800 pounds of Galaxy. We like, just bought a lot, yeah. We didn't know. And it wasn't like it wasn't <laughs> like this thing they're going to write in the record books of business acumen, like, you know, Southwest, when they hedge their bets on oil. It was like, ah, I just grew up by 800 pounds of Galaxy. And like a month later, it just disappeared. Yeah. Disappeared, no. couldn't get it anywhere. And then we sold 800 pounds in a matter of like a month. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so for, for the listeners at home and for me, uh, where does that? How is that a comparison? Like, if you like, let's say, let's pick uh, some something that's uh, probably really well used but kind of boring. Like, like, what's your typical order of Saz hops? Typical like customer like, order? No, 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 no. Like, like you're gonna buy? Like, you're like oh, like, we're running oh, on Saz. You know, Saz is like Saz and Tenniel Cascade. They're all relatively like, you know, they're gonna have Every them. Day. Right. So like, we'll, we'll order. I don't know, a box. We order hops now and and. Prepackaged ounce packages for our shipping because it's easier right. just to throw them in, and then we order bulk one-pound bags. And I think the one-pound bags there's like sixteen in each box, and we'll probably order like two or three boxes at a so, time. So this, so eight hundred pounds was was an order. It was that well, for, for Galaxy, like for yeah. uh, like for Amarillo, Citra, Citra, Simcoe, we've always bought, we've always tried to buy on contract with sure. those ones, um, just to kind of hedge our bets. So um, it it was still a lot at the, t- at right. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well done, well but done. it worked out well. well. It it worked out, out. Yeah. But uh, the hop, hop industry is a really is a really interesting market because there can be such a tiny little swing that can cause just astronomical effects on the entire industry. Right. Like you know, like Galaxy, I think ran into um, weather problems or something, right. and they just yeah. couldn't produce enough of it. Well, and, and the we, cascade effect, no pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> Quite well done. It's just that like breweries around the country had had developed recipes, probably some business plans right. around particular, you know, flagship mm-hmm. styles, and then all of a sudden they can't get their hop. Yeah. You know? Well we talked about how like friendly the, the brewery scene is, but if, if you guys are buying things on hop contracts, do you find yourselves in competition for contracts with guys around with, with guys and gals who are brewing around here? You don't really know who's yeah. buying you don't really know right. like you don't know who else is doing the contract. So right. it's not like, well, hey, you know, 
you know, such and such wants to do no 600 pounds. Great interpretation. Yeah. Sure you all the fucking cascade. What no, the hell? No, the, and the, 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 the suppliers in the country are really good to try, to trying to make things fair. Um, and so they, they don't let one specific place, you know, like wipe them out. Because the, yeah, whole, the whole idea is like, yes, someone big enough can come in and just say, I want all the citra for next year. But what's, what's that going to do for the industry? It's not going to help at all. And the people know that, well, if I don't give them all this citra, they know that other places are going to pick it up. Right. So they do a really good job, I would say, rationing that to other people so it doesn't become a competition. So um, it's just these weird hops, these weird um, swings in production availability right. that cause these like kind of funky issues like we have with Galaxy. And now we're experiencing with citra right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's uh, those are kind of fascinating things that I think most of the homebrewers don't get to. It's crazy. Don't get to see too much yeah. of. Them. There's there's a site I go to to track. Um, it's where brewers can go like, like sell to other brewers. Yeah. And Citra, oh gosh, a couple of weeks ago was going for like forty nine dollars a pound, which is just absurd. Like, right. That's that's like. I think ours was like twenty eight. That's like twenty more than I charge yeah. charge a pound retail. Yeah. I'm like, right. there's no way someone's gonna buy that. Next day it was gone. Gone. The wow. was gone. Yeah. So it, and it's it's just amazing what it shows you what people are willing to pay for a hop that mm-hmm. their beer relies upon well, that yeah, their yeah, customers yeah, love yeah. and maybe even take a loss on the beer just to get the beer yeah in front right. of the I mean if it's right. a flagship beer that everyone loves I mean yeah, stuck. you've brewed it hundreds of times like you don't want to change the hop on that so what's it's what's scary. the fla- what's the flagship beer like what's the kit that goes out the door the most often brain eater, brain eater. I mean, <laughs> what is it brain that's it's a zombie disc club zombie oh right right, right right yeah yeah which is all the citra yeah it's all citra yeah <laughs> so luckily i hear we, it's going for a pretty good price now yeah <laughs> <For> citra <laughs> we we it's like to be fair <laughs> um definitely brain eater and then our is bur- it more expensive because of the citra than snark lord yeah. was um it's just different no, variables we we got uh, we got our hop contracts at a good price where we, we've been able and then yeah. what's also nice is that the other ancillary people we can buy from, they also have their own contracts. Right. So the people that had contracts, you could still get it. It's just before I didn't, I wasn't limited with right. how much. Now it's like uh, you can only do eight pounds. A so week. Wes isn't allowed to make a new citra recipe. No more citra recipes for right now <laughs> until next year. Until next year's crop. So yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. But uh, zombie dust clone for sure, and then high ras has been a big one. Um, our brewers reserve tend to do really good, but. They're only out for a couple months, so right. it kind of skews the numbers. God, the, the um, hippie farm was oh, a really yeah, popular one. Oh yeah, the lemon lavender yeah. saison. Oh, was, right. This is actually one. the same base as the hippie farm. Okay, we just added raspberry instead of lemon. That same and omega then, yeast. No, um, hippie farm was built. Hippie or, uh, farm French is before saison. the the omega yeast came around. Mm-hmm. We used the I think the French saison yeast. Okay, nice. but it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to try with the new the saison. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 pretty fantastic. Jace, do you have any uh, parting shots before we wrap it up? We're coming up on time. <laughs> that's a, that's a hard no. <laughs> he's he, he's playing words with friends right he's now. He's playing words with friends. <laughs> yeah, he's trying no, to I, he, he's trying to find the least viable word to play. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I under normal circumstances. Saison has to be a pretty good word, I would imagine. Saison. Yeah, is that a big score? I mean, I mean, there's there's, uh, there's no letter in there that's worth more than two points. So that's struggle. Hibiscus is you know fine. That's H a C. Is, it's got four. 
Four yeah. points. And the B is four. Yeah, I mean, hibiscus is probably pretty good. Oh, but God, were those people? No, 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 no. You, you could, like, try to play hibiscus and score a lot of points, but really what you want to do is you want to try to get your high... Like, I don't need to play long words. I need to play high-value letters on double letters and triple Are words. Are you John Maddening right no, now? No, so I can play... The point of first grammar. Should we do, like, should we do, should we do words with friend points. ratings on all oh, our beer kits? Like, yeah, this beer kit will get you oh, this many points. Yeah, oh, gosh, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think it would, I don't think it would play. Like, five people would like that. All right. Yeah, me. But. You would sell a beer, but I don't, I don't. I'm like like a super haughty guy. Like I don't want to buy a kit. I want to make my own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and that's not because I don't think you guys do an amazing job making kits. It's because if I wanted a kit beer, I'd just go. I get and it. Buy a beer that was brewed. I and get and it. Again, I think making kits is great because, like, my wife would like. Actually, I bought one of your kits. Okay. I bought your uh, your Blue Moon clone oh, beer. Uh, Witless. Witless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Witless. Uh, because I tried to make her a bunch of beer, and she's like, "Stop trying to make me beer. You suck at it. You always <laughs> <laughs> so supportive. You, you always no. It's very supportive. She said, yeah. "I love you." After I value I I, I I value people in my life who are hard on me because you know it's honest. It's hard to get people to be honest with yeah. you, especially if you give them beer. We talked about this now before the show. I know that when you come in here, that I can be brutally no, honest. No, I, 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 I value it. It, sure. it makes me incredibly <laughs> it, yeah. I, I would much embarrassment to your family. I'm so I'm so self confident and full of hubris that if someone will knock me down a few pegs i value that fair enough that's it's you know it's <laughs> like i need it in my no, life but uh to your point about brewing with kits versus doing your like we find that progression for sure people start with kits yeah. and they kind of they know how they learn how ingredients kind of you know mesh with Fact. each other right yeah. and then after they do that that's kind of part of why people get into this hobby they want to start doing their own thing it's a gateway right. yeah it's a gateway mm-hmm. for sure right gateway. well and and, and, and and for me it's it's I, I would almost prefer to make a, a recipe that didn't taste as good as one of your kits yeah. It, it helps me to learn something like, about yeah. about well, the ingredients that I'm putting in it. And I feel like when you start developing your own recipes, it's like you get into the hobby that much more. Versus if you're doing a kit, you're just walking into the store and you're you're picking one out, and that's there's that's completely fine. But right. I think as you start developing your own recipes, it's like this next level. You take the hobby, and it, you you really become like engrossed in it for sure. So I, I think for my final question, mm-hmm. let's talk about drinking like other people's beer. Okay. Because we talked to we talked a little bit before the show about how we, no you ask like me parting shots and then you're gonna ask a final question. Yeah, because I asked you parting shots and then you looked at your microphone. I didn't get my my yeah, parting shot is it's amazing to be here. I've loved the store for a long time. That's okay. Thank I'm, you. I'm still gonna I'm still gonna ask the question because it was a, I think it's a good one. So we talked before the show about drinking other people's beer and how no one's ever honest with you and how mm-hmm. it's difficult because we live in Indiana yeah. and people are so nice. Um, but I mean, you you work with a wonderful team of people here at Great Fermentation. Definitely, you brew beer for each other all the time. Mm-hmm. You have people bring you beer all the time. I'm sure that your palates are much further advanced than people who don't have those same experiences. So, like when you go to a, a brewery, mm-hmm. let's say it's a new brewery, yeah. or even just like, and, and you drink a bad beer, like, do you feel a responsibility to never, never, no. never? <laughs> I would never, I, I would never, unprompted. Go tell someone that yeah. their beer is not good. Okay. Now, if I knew the person and like they came in and like they were like, hey, or they I were noticed a former think? customer turned brewer. Yeah, and I noticed there was like a clear like, issue. Like I'd probably say something to them to like, you know, I'd probably email them or something. But I would never go up unprompted to tell yeah. somebody. That's just that's just my style. I, I think like, it's a tough thing. I, I because I think it, it, in some ways, if like if you can get past being a like feeling like you're being. Like a pompous douchebag. A pompous douchebag. Yeah. Thank you for, like. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's taken, unfortunately. Like, yeah. like, like in some sense, like if you can get past the idea that they might think that you're a pompous douchebag, you could be helping them. Right. But then also, like, because then it's like, you know, do they? I mean, because they probably know. 
you one think would I hope. don't think like, they do. That's the one would hope. Yeah. I mean, like, I if you tricky. if you like have brewed enough beer to then decide to start to make a brewer, no, oh, you'd be surprised. Oh, but if I had if I had the, the if I had the cojones to leave a bad review on Untapped, yeah, you you better be damn okay, sure. Okay, so, so I that's the thing. Like, like, I would talk to. I would not. Hide through. So you're not two sides in that. No, you're, no, no, you're no, not. No. You're not like. No, I wouldn't do it and then hope they read it and then feel. No, I if if I'm yeah. if I'm gonna say something, I will say it to him. But like, very rarely would I would I ever unprompted. Do you, do you feel the same about this, Jenny? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I think it's tricky because I think everybody thinks they're a beer critic. You're much right. more. Um, how do I say this? You're much better at bringing that stuff up than I am. I think. <laughs> uh, so, so Jenny has the tone that she can, does. Can she it. does. I well, I I prefer to be honest mm-hmm. with people, but at the same time, like I've been to a brewery around town numerous times and had a beer that's just like, ugh. like there's like there's bacteria, there's infection, there's something like you should not have this on. I that. feel like as craft brewers are trying to make lagers more often now, it's worse. Mm-hmm. And I I, yeah. I ve- like I. I, I almost it's I, a harder beer to make. Yeah, no, yeah. I, that's exactly well, I right. I don't even. Uh, <laughs> I, but I order it every time I go to a brewery. By the way, the the yeah. beer brewery Pilsner, great Pilsner. Good. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. Yep. Definitely. Nope. Yeah. No judgment for me. But I think. Yeah. I, I I think it's difficult. I think, if the smaller the brewery, the more likely it is that I'm going to say something because I think you might have an opportunity to like, add, just, add value. I never know how seriously they take it because I feel like. And all I can think of is all of these videos you've seen and all these, like, um, things on, you know, Instagram and stuff. And it's, like, all the hipsters and all the people that criticize and ask, like, if it's Gotham brewed. And it's, like, the really ridiculous <laughs> over-the-top beer, like, skits that they do. But I feel like that's actually fairly accurate because everybody thinks they're a beer critic and they don't know style. So then when you have somebody that comes at you and says, okay, I've actually been tasting beer for over a decade. I'm pretty familiar with traditional styles. This is not It's not what you good. called it or you did a thing. Yeah, like but it's like you almost have to have a business card to say, I'm not a pompous douche yeah. bag. I what? actually yeah. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, I, I've heard, and for that's me, hard. <laughs> for, me, for, for me, and I, I don't want to, like, I would never go to, like, I would never, like, unsolicited. No, But I've no. been in small breweries where we had bad beer and the brewer came out to talk to us. And you're just like, eh. I, honestly, I talk a big game. I was I, I sort of just passively acknowledged that the beer was bad. Like I asked him about his brewing process in a way that would invite right. him to know. <laughs> I, like so, I, I, did you do you brew this in the, in the toilet? It was a big beer that had, beer. That, had, that had acetyl aldehyde, and it was really strong. Okay. And so I just asked him, like, how did the fermentation go on a beer this big? Yeah. And he was like, oh, it got stuck, and then I did this, and I'm like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, if he asked it, I think yeah. that's I a think good that's point. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree on the, on the part of not unsolicited. I don't just go to somebody and say, this beer And I think like there's, there's a difference bacteria. between, like, your beer is not to style versus, like, just a bad beer. There's something wrong with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. style. I've plenty that aren't to style, but they still yeah. taste good. They so still, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. yeah. I, I pretty much don't even say. Like, I don't even, like, I, I went to a brewery the other day. It was, like, a, one of the, like, the big commercial. What was it called, Aaron? I forget. Oh, uh, it was in, sure. a, it was in Ohio. Brewery. And it was, a, it was, like, a brew pub chain. It was, like, our rock bottom, but it was, like, an East Coast brew pub chain. Gotcha. And I ordered their Pilsner, and it was, it was, ugh, butter and, uh, mm. it was not good. But. I like I didn't leave an untapped review for them. That's you should yeah, rename right? this buttercream frosting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buttercream frosting. I tried to do it. 
anyway, I feel like I've been really. I tried to ask you guys a question that uh, was thoughtful about reviewing other people's beer, and then I <laughs> and then just, we found out so much about how you review beers. And I'm right. a douchebag, apparently. It's, it's, <laughs> no, I think it's fair. I think if it's uns- if it's if you're going at somebody and it's unsolicited, and you're just like, "This beer tastes like crap," and you don't, you know, I think that's one thing. But you know, I think if if they ask. I think you should be honest. Well, I think you guys are kind of an interesting spot here because a lot of times people bring you either bad beer and they ask you to criticize it, and then you guys have a different opportunity. I feel like it's most often the people that think their beer is really great, and they're like, oh, this is super good, and then you feel bad because you taste it, and you're like, okay, this is actually bad beer. (laughs) 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 And that happens more often than not, unfortunately. Uh, But it's just, yeah, it's, it's, I think, about reading your person and knowing how to approach it. And I, I always try to highlight the positives first even if it's just good carbonation and color um and then say hey you might check your fermentation temperatures or you know you might be under pitching a bit or you know something right and and again it keeps them in the hobby right absolutely and yeah because the better beer they make the the more they're going to keep coming back exactly yeah Yeah, i I honestly almost stopped jason doesn't know this because i made a couple really bad ones in a row and it was it was like well, I can just buy beer if I'm going to make crap beer like this. And that's like tricky this. with yeah. the volume of good crappers. And I urge anybody who here. does bring it in to talk to us first before mm-hmm. you throw right. it in. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of times we can help diagnose what the problem is. Or or at this I, point, I had one guy say he was um, he was using a plate chiller for months, and he's like, every beer I do is infected. And I, <laughs> what is in your plate chiller? <laughs> he's, I'm like, so are you? And I was like, are so you're cleaning and rinsing? Yeah, I'm cleaning, rinsing, sanitizing, all that stuff. And then it was like 40 minutes later, he's like, so I'm cleaning with star sand. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, You're, he's like, that's not a cleaner. And so it's like sometimes it's just literally You're taking the time to talk talk to them jobs. through it. Yeah. And then you realize like, oh, shoot, like they're yeah. missing a, a key step in the process. Or, and that's Or I mean now – like that Anvil Foundry, I mm-hmm. mean, you're wearing a Blickman shirt already. So, like at like 400 bucks, you can recirculate your mash. Yeah. Like for me, that that's that, huge. Kinda, that keeps me in the game because yeah. it's going to add some quality to the beer that I didn't have before. So, yeah. and it's and it's you can do it. Well, you could do it in your home if you wanted to. Yeah, or in my garage. <laughs> or in your garage. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, so, uh, yeah, I want to thank you guys both for for coming on the show you're and welcome. hosting Absolutely. us here in the Education fun. Center at Great Fermentations. Uh, thank you for being the inspiration for the show. Uh, with, <laughs> the Friday, awesome. with the with the Friday Night Club, yes. uh, it was in this room where it all sort of yeah. started. It's a little surreal. I didn't think about it until we got in this room. Uh, so that that's pretty fun. Uh, thank you all to our listeners for listening to the show. Uh, you can check out lots about great. If you want to buy ingredient kits and you live in central Indiana, you should check out Great Fermentations. Uh, if you live somewhere else, you should see if you have a local homebrew shop first and uh, check them out as well. Uh, but if not, Great Fermentations does have the best logo. Yeah, they have also great, great shipping. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, great name, great quality. And if you if you come in, they let you eat the grain. Some homebrew shops don't let you eat the grain. Yes, yes. They let you smell and touch. Smell, all the touch, yeah. Yeah. smell the grains. Yeah. It's one of the best parts of the exp- uh, the whole process. Honestly, I don't think experience. I don't think it's that important to me as a brewer that I smell the grain, but I, I just like to say that I had done. We it. get a lot of people come in; they'll spend like twenty minutes in the grain room tasting. Yeah, the grain. <sighs> it's great, yeah. I don't feel like I have a refined enough palate, but I still do it because it makes me feel cool. <laughs> just don't bring a bowl with syrup, like <laughs> milk or anything. You don't want to? <laughs> can we make? Can we make hop teas? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, if you want. Yeah, I'll pay for the hops next time. Next time I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, you do you, man. What's what's the new thing? It's a uh, hopped hopped water, or uh, water? I tell you yeah. what, there was a. I, this, we're, I was I was starting to wrap up. This is gonna be hard to edit. I screwed uh, this up. There was, it doesn't matter. I, it's good content. Uh, 
there was a kombucha maker that made a hot kombucha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was fucking oh, amazing. It's delicious. And they stopped. They, it's called, it was called, it was Citra Hop. And yeah. Citra Hop kombucha, and now I can't find it. I'm really sad. They should bring it was it back. a local guy, right? Oh, I don't think so. I think it was Oh, a, there was a local guy that did a Citra kombucha. That was well, nice. I, I do have some. It's a scallop. Yeah. Check the shouts if we can find out where that's We can find out where it's from. So anyway, thank you all for listening to the show. If you want to find out more how you can support Great Fermentations as an amazing homebrew business and the inspiration for our show, you can find their website and then all their social media deals in the shouts, including a link to uh, their wonderful uh, how-to videos, which will become more prolific in the the, the near future. Uh, Thanks, Brian and Jenny. Well, we will see you all next time. Uh, In the meantime, find yourself some dry hot kombucha, brew some beer, and uh, have some fun. 